Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Tower's Podcast here today. I'm here with Macaulay. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, yes, I'm great. Doing great. It's new DWM day, but not for you, I suppose. No, I've still got the issue. So just I I've never owned an issue. There you go, that's fun fact. I've never had an issue of DWM in my life. So uh, wow. shocking fact. I know. Um, but yes, obviously we're going to be getting into that. But also this podcast is set around the Eternals. Um, it's one of those films that we didn't get around to reviewing at the time of release. Because uh, it was around the time where all of the 2020 backlog was coming out and just everything was coming out every other week. So Eternals was just one that kind of got swept under the rug. Um, but now we're doing it. Um, but yeah, first of all, I want to apologise for no podcast in the past few weeks. I've been taking some time for myself and just kind of getting things ready. Heading back to university uh, in a few days when recording this so yeah it's been a bit of a hectic couple of weeks seeing people and getting everything ready and you know the one thing you don't want to be doing is um recording podcasts and all that especially when i've got two things that we have recorded which have been currently edited and they're pretty cool as well so they'll be going up with charles soon um apart from that um before we get into the eternal stuff macaulay some intellectual doctor who news for, for the centenary which is nice what a day what a day so we obviously Doctor Who magazine officially gets released tomorrow as of the recording of this. Today is Wednesday, fourteenth. So, yeah. So they've announced the title of the centenary after months and months of people whinging about it. Um, we've got some new promo shots, maybe some um, look into a bit of the story. Um, I haven't got the magazine in front of me to sort of go into detail with it essentially, but there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. So. Um, should we announce what it is on the podcast? Or? Yeah, I feel like we can because it's going to come out. It's going for those of you that don't know. Obviously, normally podcasts come out on Monday, but obviously due to the sad passing of Queen Elizabeth, it's not going to be out on Monday. It's going to be coming out tomorrow. So the the magazine's now out. If you don't want to be spoiled, skip like two two three minutes. I'll put a time code on the screen. Um, so the Eternals is not going to be that high. Let's be honest. Not going to yeah, be exactly. It's all going to be, you know, it's going to be the clip of this more when I take it out of the podcast. So there, um, but yeah, so it's announced it's the power of the Doctor, um, which Twitter don't like for some reason. But then they were never going to like it, even if it was a ludicrous. Start. I really like it. We've had the power of the Daleks. We've had the power of X, Y, Z. What's wrong with the power of the Doctor? I think it's fine. I mean, Chibnall's already done a power, the power of three. So yeah, what's the difference? What is the difference? I think it's fine. It tells us maybe it's because it tells us virtually nothing, which a title should never do anyway. I don't think I think a title should always intrigue you and not tell you something, which is you know, and hopefully the intrigue is interesting. Like the one intriguing title, which then the episode was absolute turd, was the Battle of Randscribe Colossus. You're like, oh, what could this battle be? What kind of who is it between? What is this? What is Randscribe Colossus? And it was not great. Um coming last in our Doctor Who poll of polls as well. So it's literally <laughs> the worst episode of Doctor Who of all time, officially. I've watched um, that story for about four or five times. I still can tell you what the plot is. Um, and yeah. I only got a story name this year. So, yeah, exactly. But obviously, I'm a fan of the Chibnall way of doing things to a certain degree, I think where it comes to not knowing stuff i think where it hurts me and you'll know a lot about this as well is i'm not a figure collector but i think doctor who and the brand should be everywhere i think you should have tons of waves of figures and yeah. posters and things like that and obviously with him doing it the way he's doing it um 
that can happen and that affects the branding. I, I, I think a brand yes. should always come first over spoilers, personally. You need to put brands, I think you need to put brands everywhere because that's, it's all part of the marketing, isn't it? Like originally when it started, um, you'd have toys and then you'd create the TV shows to sell the toys. Now it's very much the other way around where you create the toys for the shows and the films. So it's one of those things back in the heyday, 2006, we used to get waves and waves and waves of very obscure characters looking at my shelves this way, I can see like a space pig or I can see novice Hain. Characters you wouldn't get nowadays. <laughs> um, I mean, have we got, have we even got a Kablam man or like an actual figure or anything like that at all? No. Not, not officially, but I've got one that I made. Let's have yeah. a look. Um, so there's a there's a group on Facebook that does like custom sort of 3D sculpted heads. Sick. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought the hands and the head. They're 3D painted. They're designed by um well, I can't remember the guy that designs them, but um the guy that sort of prints them, his name is Nathan Ward. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's got Instagram, Twitter and all that jazz. Um and he sells like 3D printed heads and stuff. So you can buy them and then sort of customize and paint your own sort of stuff. So He's doing the gods' work, that uh, character or not? Yeah, but I don't. How, I don't know how much you can blame character. Really, like, yeah. is it is it character? Yeah. Is it Chibnall? Is it a mix of both? I don't. Know, I just think <laughs> I've been. I, I've I've been around to uh, the the uh, to the wonderful Gallifrey ninety seven's house, and you go in his bedroom, and it's just in order of new series, and you just see so much like series one to four, even including five, maybe a bit of six, and then as you get to series seven and the Capaldi years, it just slowly starts to die, and then by series eleven, there's nothing. There's alternate versions of Jody, you get uh, the companions, maybe a Dalek or two, um, and it's kind of sad to see because you really think that I hope that. In the aftermath, be it, you know, maybe be it, the B&M sets can use some more Jody stuff because they're also really cool designs in, in the Jody era, like the Kablam Man. I think the Scythra would be a really cool sort of figure um, and things like that. So there are a lot. I mean, do we even have a Dewan figure? Like, nope. it's like, what the hell? It just it baffles. We had, we had for Chipmunk era merchandise, I'd say, was probably Eagle Moss, but unfortunately they are currently going through liquidization. So, yes. The last yeah, one I thought was um, the Sontaran from um, the Flux series. I think that was the last one I got. Yeah, it, it's just a shame. And I think, like, I wasn't there even, I think it was, was it uh, FX magazine had like a piece on them and they said Doctor Who and under, in, in like small writing, it said no, really, this time because of how pissed yeah, yeah. off they are that they don't get given stuff. Um, which just, I think it reflects poorly on the brand as a whole. But we do know that they've hired a new branding manager um, in the last couple of weeks. So, fingers crossed. Previous one. So, hopefully, this person can pick up and rebirth the brand essentially. Yeah, I think the worst part about this era is not knowing the show is on. Like, we know where it's on because we actively look for it and there are people that you can go to these days and go, oh, I watched Doctor Who and I said, oh, Doctor Who was on? Like, choosing not to watch it is one thing, but not knowing it was on entirely is another thing, and that just shows lack of advertising. And Yeah, yeah, 
you wouldn't get away with that with like Line of Duty or anything like that. Everyone knows Line of Duty. So everyone's excited for the, those that mystery. You wouldn't, you know, or Netflix, like Cobra Kai came out. Everyone knew Cobra Kai was out because Netflix shoved it in your face whenever you weren't watching something. <laughs> you know, it's. It, I think we need to get back to that. And I think we can, hopefully with Tenant and Take coming back and potentially others, um, it, it bring that excitement back to the casual viewers and hopefully with the quality of writing and just the advertising when Shooty comes along um that will stick and people will come back to it. i don't think you'll ever get as big as 13 million viewers you just don't get that these days i think a nice five to six million would do it and i think people saying viewing figures yeah. doesn't matter i think it does in the casual viewer context i don't think the show is ever going to get cancelled but i think in terms oh, of no. like a lot of people focus on the figures of like it's only done this much but when you compare it to normal tv viewings it's always in the top 10 of the week yep so as long as it's in the top 10, if you think about all the channels, all the shows that are on all the time, it's always in the top 10. So it's not going, as long as it's in that top 10, it's definitely not going to go anywhere. Exactly. And, I, you know, you look at other shows that, you know, the, the ones that beat it, it's possibly, I think even when you put it into like a drama context, it's normally in the top one or two. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because when you take, like out soaps, take out soaps, the soaps are given because they're weekly, they're people's routine, yeah. they've been watching. So it's like watching, it's like watching yeah. on Channel 4. It's always there, same time every week, without fail. People get in that routine and watch it. Take that out, it's always in the top one or two. Yeah, and so. the only time it's never not in the top ten is if there's a thing like I'm a Celebrity, which obviously is on for three weeks every night on ITV, which is just going to trounce it because there's seven of them a week. <laughs> it's it's highly yeah. unlikely. But I, I think... This year. I still think Doctor Who is in a healthy place. I, 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 it makes me laugh on Twitter. People go, Doctor Who's dying. I don't think it's dying at all. I mean, I think you, but I just think that it could do with a boost in terms of the extra stuff that isn't the television and make it more of a household name again. I think the yeah. video games were a great step. Um, I haven't played either of them, but I've not heard that they were terrible, which is a big step up for Doctor Who games because they used yeah. to be dog shit. So. Oh, there's a in one of the Doctor Who magazines. There's a whole article story on Doctor Who games. It's quite fascinating from like the original ones where it's like little dots and jumping men to what it is now, essentially like a three D role playing game. So definitely, I'd say the best one they've ever produced. So with the Lego Dimensions crossover, that's probably the best one they've done. Yeah, because I've said Capaldi and I think Jenna as well. They both did bits, didn't they? Yeah, yeah they did voiceovers for it. And then second to that, I'd say it's probably the adventure games. Um, oh, are... those were great. Those are great. Yeah. I love those. Downloaded them um, in, my computer in 2010. <laughs> I can't. They're saying they're not around anymore, really. I think they should, you know, it's a shame. Um, well, I still got but... my PC, but my PC has probably died to death. So, yeah, it probably wouldn't be able to run them. Um, but what what do you make of the new ones? By Is it Maze Theory? Have you played either of those? You know, oh, they made three now, haven't they? I think. Is it three? They made so, the VR I've... one. So I pre-ordered the mobile game, the Angel one they did. Yeah. I pre-ordered that. I still have not opened and played it. And when did that come out? Two years ago? Yeah, <laughs> about that. Yeah, yeah, I still not opened it. Um, I paid for it and everything. Um, and then the Switch ones, I'm probably going to get. I put them on my Amazon wish list. So um, cool. you can link the Amazon. You can uh, link that down below in the YouTube. Yeah, Macaulay's wish list. <laughs> Please so buy him. Yeah, it's full of the games. It's full of Doctor Who books and the Switch games, so oh. buy me Doctor Who shit. 
Thanks. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, yeah, I, well, you know, before we also get into the titles, well, speaking of Doctor Who shit, this is your fun one for listeners. So since the last podcast we did, I am, I think I didn't say this in the last one, I might have done so, apologies. I've now paid to go meet Matt Smith, so there we go. Oh, That'll amazing. be a fun day. That'll be oh, a nice day out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm lucky that I have this mindset where I don't, I don't get nervous when I meet people. I'm quite all right. I don't get like shaky or worried or I'm quite, you know, I'm quite talkative. So even if I'm in front yeah. of someone like a celebrity, yeah. I'm normally all right. So, yeah. Cause yeah. I, I mean, you've met Matt, you've had a photo with him, haven't you? I think. I've... Yeah. And meeting Matt was one of my favorite sort of meetings. I think like his energy is so high all the time and he's so friendly. He jumps about, he's like a Labrador. The same with um, David Tennant, because I met them both on the same time. It was that year when um, Shane Masters had pretty much all the doctors there, minus um, Jodie, who was, I think, recently announced. Um, and Did Sylve miss that one? And Sylvester, Sylvester was already doing a convention up, up north, so I could imagine in the uh, Doctor Who WhatsApp group, they're all, like, you know, flinging their checks in, and Sylvester's just yeah. there, like, you know, getting depressed up in, like, Edinburgh, wherever he was. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in Edinburgh, though. Sorry, anyone that if you are listening in Edinburgh, I'm sure I'm sure it's lovely. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm glad that Tennant and Smith on different days because what I was going to do is I couldn't afford to meet both of them, but I was going to if they were doing a double photo, I was going to get that that day and do it like yeah. that. But it's a shame they're but not. Um, they might even announce that they're doing two days of one of them, so they tend to do would, that. That would be pain. <laughs> That would be pain, but I'm glad that you went for the Matt Smith one because I think you'll have the best time. He's such a nice guy and he's done so much since. So you've got the classic Morgan Time memes, um, yeah. which you can mention, and the new House of Dragons. Have you been watching that? I don't I don't like Game of Thrones, mate, so I've not watched it. Okay, yeah, so yeah, House of Dragons is weird because episode one, obviously Matt Smith is playing um, Damon Targaryen. So you see him in the whorehouse all yeah. revealed. Just fucking away at a whore. <laughs> um, that's quoting calling women whores. Um, Hashtag not my and, doctor. Um. Uh, yeah, and then in the latest episode, he he shags his niece in the whorehouse. <laughs> so yeah, but episode three was great because he literally um, didn't say a single word in that whole episode. Yet he was the best thing about the episode. This whole battle scene and everything—it was so good. I just don't, I, I just, I, it's not for me, mate. I, I don't, it's brilliant television. I've watched the first episode of Game of Thrones. I just found it too much for me. Um, but, maybe give yeah. us a and see what you think, just so you can see Matt in it. Potentially, maybe, just so I can see every single bit of Matt Smith. Um, but yeah, speaking <laughs> of the Mormon time thing, have you seen that clip from Comic-Con where some bloke goes up on the Q&A and just says to Matt, it's Mormon time, and he has no idea what he's talking about. He's like, what are you on about? It's one of the funniest things i've seen i hope he's learned it by the time he comes to lsec oh please um oh that that'd be great wouldn't it just seeing him do a little yeah as long as i I reckon he's got it surely mentioned it to him he's not known he's obviously asked about it afterwards and someone's explained and curiosity would get him to google it surely i'd love a dance-off between him and toby Maguire, where they're just doing their own (laughs) 
I know someone's made the but we need it in real life, huh, mate. We need it, we need it in real life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, but no, that'd be fun. Um, it'd be a fun day. Obviously, as well, BFI's announced that she won't be at. I'm, I'm really sad. I haven't seen you in ages. I might see you in October beforehand, but I um, haven't seen you in eight. What's it been? That was it, was it March? Has it been that long? March? The last one I went to. The last one I went to was Cushing. Probably the Cushing movies was the last one I went to. Because that was me. That was March, yeah. No, it was June. Was it June? June. Maybe June. Yeah, it was June, yeah. June, oh, that was yeah, June. It feels like longer, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, June. That's a good time. You, you weren't at LFCC either, but we did we did see a sand and send you a cheeky photo. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, so, you know, you know, fun times, fun times ahead. But uh, yeah, right, shall we get into reviewing uh, the 2020 movie Eternals? Um, yes, there's a lot said, to go through. Yes, there is. This film is long. There's 11, 12, 12 main characters in this film. Yes. As an um, so, yeah, it's going yes. to... I'll give a quick plot breakdown as quick as I can, because obviously a lot of you would have seen it. Um, of course, this is the film that introduces all of the Eternals. I'm not going to name them all because I really can't remember them. If I go back to back, I'll get to them. I could go for it them. if you want. I know what them are. Um... Essentially, it's about the Eternals. It's their origin story, and also they learn some stuff about themselves and their purpose. And it's kind of, you know, out of sync a little bit. We go, we go from the present day to the past, but you know, it's all about sync and it's all about romance. And the world's gonna blow up, and Harry Styles pops in for two minutes at the end. Uh, it all kicks off. Um, but you know, obviously, this film as well. Uh, the reason Macaulay is here is because he actually quite enjoys this film. Uh, and a lot of people don't. So when I was telling people, like, do you want to do a turtle? They're like, no, I don't want it. So uh, McCauley was like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, so <laughs> he's here. Um, I, I didn't enjoy it the first time around. I have rewatched it on, on Disney+. Plus. Um, I would say this is the most annoying film to watch on Disney+, Plus because with the IMAX enhanced, it's like 50-50. And it's yeah. really annoying. Unlike some of them, which is a few sections, which is IMAX, and it's fine. This one is IMAX in the same scene it'll cut back to non-IMAX for so don't it's so frustrating so I'd, I'd watch this for those on Disney Plus if you are going to rewatch this film watch it without the IMAX filter on because I had to turn it off because it just kept switching depending on what camera uh. shot was used in the same scene it was just annoying as fuck um, but yeah Eternals it's weird that an MCU film gets a meh reaction because normally people either go, it was all right, or people go, oh, it's great. Like Thor Love and Thunder, I think, is one of those weird ones as well where people either really, really liked it or seemed to really dislike it. I was on the positive side of that one. I found it a lot of fun. But... Yeah, I enjoyed it. I've only watched it once, but it's now on Disney Plus, so I'm going to go and rewatch it, I think, just to get a proper. Now I know what I was expecting. Same with Spider Man No Way Home. I went to rewatch that the other day and watched the really fun edition. Um, is, is, is it a lot more fun because I've seen the clips I don't think it really does much oh yeah yeah definitely it definitely adds to it I think it's worth going again especially watching it in cinema I think it's, it adds to the if you can go and watch a film that you like in the cinema do it because it won't be in there forever do it so McCauley what do you like about, about Eternals then take us through what you like about it um, so I think it's quite a fun film in terms of you meet all these characters, they're all very different characters as well, and they sort of go their separate ways. And it's just sort of like how superheroes would gel into the real life um, situation. We don't really see that because they're not front heroes like the Avengers. 
Um, these are sort of like backseat sort of secret heroes, I'd say. So it's quite interesting seeing them intertwined into our universe without being the like the forefront um, and in the limelight until sort of like towards the end of the film when they sort of come out and sort of help against the uh, against Crow and the Deviants. So um, I think I just like the variety of it, essentially. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I think that's one that the thing the MCU is good at is the variety. I'll ask because so I watched this. Um, I watched Eternals. Uh, my one biggest complaint is it's too long. Is it's it? Too, it's too long. It's, too but was, it's also not long enough. I I would agree. I think it's going to do too much in this short runtime, which sort of makes it boring. Because the issue is, and this is what I said when, when I watched it the first time, this is my biggest complaint. I said they should have done a Disney Plus series of sorts where they, in one episode each devoted to each Eternal, you introduce them and their power sets. Because the issue is here, they're trying to introduce the characters and make you care about them when they're back together and you just don't have enough time to care about all of them. Um, and it yeah, just kind of... Yeah, as you said, like, Disney Plus series would be great because you get at least 45 minutes to an hour depending on how long you want those episodes. What's She-Hulk? That's about, what, 35, 40? Yeah, 35 minutes, but I think it's nine parts, She-Hulk, this time around. I don't think it's a six, yeah. it's nine. So, yeah, I, do, I just think this, like, they tried to do an Avengers-style film, like, not in terms of scale, but in terms of how they did in the first one, in about 150 minutes with all new characters. The one thing the Avengers did, though, is you already cared about most of those characters coming together. Yeah, in this film. In this, you're trying to learn about them and care. Uh, and the issue is, is that a lot of them just get shortchanged. Um, there are some cool characters in here. I mean, I'm going to like Kamel Nanjani and anything he's in because he's funny. Same with uh, Brian Tyree Henry. I think they're really good. But the, the, there are people in here that just, they they die and you don't, like, Salma Hayek may as well not have been in the film because she doesn't serve a purpose, really. So you've got the uh, first to die. Ajak, yeah, um, and yeah, she's basically just sort of like the mother figure, essentially. So her death just sort of is essentially the start of the film, really, isn't it? It's what sets them off on that sort of connecting back together again. Um, I'm trying to think who's the first one to die after that. Is it Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh, yeah, yeah. Who I'm not. I mean, he's all right. He's but... all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've forgotten who else dies. Um, I think it, I think it's just those two, isn't it? I think I've watched it. Uh, yeah. there's, then Icarus dies. Done. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And there are Sprite and leaves. And Sprite goes to school. Um, yeah. I just I like like you say the issue is, is that you think about these characters and you think. Like the, the good thing is about this is, is that it's got a strong cast that you can like because you like the actors behind them, and I think yeah. that's the strong point. The issue it's is, is first cast as well. I think. Yeah, and I love that. I love. I love Makari. Uh, you know, it's good set of representation. The issue is with the character is she has an arc with Druig, but it's kind of done <laughs> before you see any of it. They're just sort yeah. of together off screen and you're like, well, I like both of them. Druig's my favourite of the Eternals, to be honest. I think he's the most complex and interesting. Um, but all of the development happens off screen because they just don't have time and they're too busy doing the will-they-won't-they they between Icarus and Cersei, which I don't give a shit about. And then out of nowhere, it's, oh, Sprite kind of fancy then. 
Oh yeah, and I I think that's undercooked as well because I, I just we just skip around because there's an old film. We don't need to we don't need to you know tiptoe around it. Like the big the issue for is the third act. There's so many issues. Like Sprite betrays them and then gets rewarded by the end of the film, which I think is dumb. That's a stupid thing. Um, Kingo just pisses off. He's like, nah, I don't want any part of this. And you think that's him building up for a return. No, he just leaves. And then the end of the film is like, well done, guys. We did the right thing. It's like, you weren't even there, mate. You left. You didn't even bother. So that's really annoying. Um, what's it? Kit Harrington's in it just to set up another project. Um, and it's so um, blatant this time that it's kind of even more frustrating when you get it other times because he, do- he doesn't affect this plot at all. At all. He doesn't need to no. be there. Like, you could have just... You could have just, you know, put him in any random post-credit scene or just introduced him in Blade, which is where I think we're going to see him again, obviously. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's just, it's, there's too many cooks in the kitchen, mate, in this one. I think that's the best way of putting it. I just think there's too many new characters and I find myself liking the actors more than I do the characters. Like, I'm not excited to see them again. If they pop up, I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, but... um. I mean, that's probably it. Like, I think the best thing about the film is probably the characters um, in the film, um, which is obviously enhanced by the actors as well. But um, I just want more, more of it, because I like each individual character. I like their powers. I like their backstories. It's just, I just need more detail um, just to develop it even more. But because half of them out of the picture now, I think when they return, because they're going to return, they're not going to just sort of cut it off there. Yeah. Um, we're going to know more about them. We're probably going to care more about them. And because there's less, there's more, more yeah. chance to adapt to those characters. Because left on the ship when they fly off is uh, Makari, Druig, Thena. And Angelina Jolie. And that's it. And then Harry that's, Styles pops up. And then Harry Styles is a little friend. Because um, Power Rangers. Because I Cersei think... Doesn't she? Cersei and Kingo and I think Sprite as well, potentially, maybe not. Maybe it's uh, what I know there's three and no, so it's um Sprite um no, so it's Cersei, Kingo and Fastos that get taken. Arashem's like, I'm gonna get revenge on you for not doing what I wanted you to do, and the others are in the ship. So they're all on Earth and they get taken by Arashem and the others are in the ship. So it's kind of they're, they're currently split three to three. There's three of them kind of in yeah. nowhere and three of them on the on the ship. Um, yeah, I think this I, there is some positives to this film. I think the 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 reveal of the Celestials being evil was really cool. I didn't see yeah. that coming. I thought that was a really cool twist. That actually, okay, they're all kind of taken away. I like the mind weary stuff. I think obviously we all know how good Angela Jolie is as an actor and she does yeah. a great job actually I think when she was cast there was some pessimism going is she going to take it seriously you know obviously quite a highbrow actor but she does a phenomenal job here um, but I think the issue is there's one twist which is really good and there's one twist which is so obvious it's unbelievable which is the whole uh, Icarus killing Ajax thing I think we all saw that coming I don't think I, it was much oh, of a surprise I, I mean. Did you not? I just, I, oh. I, I, I felt, I felt, I felt the turn was going to be there. I don't know. Maybe I'm, even when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, he did it. And then I think him working with the deviants and knowing deviants were alive is a cool twist. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But I didn't, I just thought that in the early scripts, 
it's he's kind of written so that when you rewatch it, you go, oh, okay, it was very obvious. But the issue is, you can still. I mean, I just you know, I know what Richard Madden's. I mean, we've seen Richard Madden be good, and we've seen him be a dickhead and stuff. I know what kind of actor he is. I was like, yeah, he's being a bit kind of cocky and a bit whatever. And I could tell that he wanted to be the leader, and they sort of slowly build that up. But I think it just becomes obvious, sort of like sooner rather than later, that she is he is the one that kind of set up her death. I think. Yeah. I, I just think. I just think Ajax as a character, it's not the best. Like it's not something like a Heimdall dying in Infinity War where you go, okay, that puts the plot in motion, but we feel something. It's just kind of like, oh, all right, eh. That's what like, like, yeah. yeah, we've known for all about three minutes of screen time, and they're crying about for a good, a good ten minutes, and we have to sit there and go, like, I just. I think it just gets off to a rocky start. It gets good again in the middle. Like there's a, the, the fight sequence in the forest is really good, and the sort of the the conflict between each eternal of whether they're going to come back or whether they're not is quite good. I like that, but I just think it's trying to do too much too quickly. Yeah, it just it kind of it baffles me. I think the deviants have a cool design, um, which is nice. I think you know they look pretty cool and pretty distinct. I don't know what the main deviant's called, but it's kind of turns and like his name is Crow. Crow. Crow, yeah. K R O. Crow. Um, I like the thing. The issue with he, he doesn't need to be in the movie because towards the end, they go from he just turns up again, mid fight, and goes, "Now you have to fight me for two minutes." And it's like. <laughs> Okay, like, I think Crow could have been an interesting character that he created in this film and comes back later on in a net new film or something. I just feel like the two plots don't really coincide well with each other. Again, it's just too much in such a short runtime, if you if you get what I'm saying. I think it just ends up becoming boring because you're, there's so much to kind of take in so quickly that you're, you kind of go, oh, I don't really watch Marvel for, you know, having to pay attention all the time. I watch it for a bit of fun and just kind of, you know, relax a little bit. And I just think this one is continuously just throwing information at your face that you have to keep watching, Um, you know. But I suppose for some people like yourself, that works. I, I, I just find it like whenever they keep cutting back to a new battle and they're, it's like, right, now it's time for some exposition about their powers or this new ability that they have so that that could come into use later. It just it just seems a bit eh to me. But what are the positives you have apart, apart from the characters? What else do you love about the film? Um, I think um, there's a bit of comedy in there, uh, mostly from sort of like Kingo and his little mate, which are quite good. They break it up quite quite nice. Yeah, <laughs> all the cameras and stuff. Um, I think the costume design is pretty good. Like their suits are great, and the the effects on all of their sort of powers are great as well. Um, it's visually like a really nice film. I would, I would agree yeah i think it looks i think it looks wonderful uh, a lot of the time um i think that's one thing you can like when they're at like babylon and stuff and you know and it looks rich it looks full of color it looks you know really great the design like you said the design of everything looks really nice their costumes look great uh, you know and, and i think I suppose, the from like when they're in the ship and they've got the 3d when fast is making all those 3d models they're really good and obviously thena when she designs all of her items and sprite when she sort of disappears like i think they're all great even like makari that fight scene on the beach where she spins around to sort of sort of traffic like 
I think it all visually looks great compared to say something like Black Panther where it looks like it's made on a PlayStation 3 console. Uh, like yeah. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't disagree. I think one thing I would ask going forward is perhaps it may be a bit of visual differentiation between the powers. I get they're all aligned because they're built the same way. I just think sometimes it's difficult to tell who's doing what when they're all just doing the thing. In, yeah. in one, you know, I think it would be cool. But I don't know, maybe if they would have different colours ascending to what their suits were or something. Yeah, I, definitely. Like Icarus got a nice blue one, and then you've got like Cersei with a green power, yeah, one, etc. Um, exactly. Um, but there is there is one there is one scene which I think is really excellent, uh, and that is Fastos, right? Obviously, we learned that Fastos has had a family and stuff, and he doesn't want to leave his kids. But I think it's brilliant. I think that's an interesting twist to have. But then they come they come to Fastos and they go, Fastos, the world's going to end. We need your help, mate. And he goes, no, I don't want to go with you because I'd be with my kids. He's like, if I'm a dad and I have and I have the power to try, maybe save the earth so my kids don't die, I would do that. Like you know, it's kind of a weird bit of like, so he wants to stay with his kids so that, but his kids are going to die in like twelve hours. Like you need yeah. to. It's a bit of a. I get they're trying to create conflict, kind of trying to show that they moved on. I just think it's a bit of a weird kind. Of, I think it's a bit. Yeah, but. He changes his mind after Icarus breaks his table, so we know where his priorities are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It just that that that, that I thought that was a really interesting kind of take on what the Eternals could do and how they've settled in. Obviously, you have got something going for fame. Some of them have gone incognito. You know, so I just thought that was a really interesting twist. But then when they go, yeah, wait, we need you because the world's gonna literally implode from the inside. And he goes, do you know what? No, I want to be with my kids. I'm kind of done being a superhero. Sorry. It's like, well, your kids aren't going to be around anymore, mate. Um, he did Tony Stark, essentially, didn't he? So. Yeah. Um, but I'd, obviously all, all the Eternals get together. And I think that's the big issue as well, is that we don't get enough time with them all together no. to really care about their back and forth. And the, I think that's that should have been the like the Guardians of the Galaxy. I get there's five of them, but they they're all together by forty minutes into that movie, maybe, and that's how you get their cool connection. Whereas yeah. this, they opted to not put them together until maybe that what the hour and even hour forty mark really until they're yeah. all together properly in the present day. Obviously, we see flashbacks and stuff, but I just I thought that was a weird choice myself. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, but on the other hand, this, I feel this film was more of a set-up film rather than a fully contained film. There's a lot of things setting up for what's to come. There's a lot in this era where a lot of people are not enjoying sort of this phase of Marvel, but I think this phase is just setting everything up ready for the next big thing that's happening. Yes, yeah, Secret secret Wars on the way, um, which is yeah. going to be fun, and Kang and all that, um, which yeah. obviously at this point we didn't know. Uh, I, I I don't mind this phase of Marvel. I don't mind everything not linking. I think the issue is that we've all, I think some people just want everything to be so big and multiverse. But well, I thought the Multiverse of Madness was a great film. But everyone was like, it was disappointing. Yeah, I, really, it... I saw that at IMAX cinema and that was really something like when you're there with the surround sound as well, those horror aspects really jump out at you. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I, I think what I, I, I'm a fan of changing up the formula and trying some new stuff. I think Black Widow is the only one that I was kind of a bit eh about, really. Um, I think 
the first one to sort of change its format. When you go back and watch it again, I think it definitely works better as a film if you watch it sort of like under a different view after you've seen all these other ones since they've all changed sort of genres. That's what I'm also really enjoying about the Disney Plus series at the moment is that they're all very different from each other. Like She-Hulk at the moment. I'm, She-Hulk. Um, I'm, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. And I don't get what people are hating about it. Like that making the stallion scene, people raged so much about that. I don't and I- get it. <laughs> I don't get I don't get the hate. The issue is, right, is that there's so many people that are like, oh, everything's shit. It's like why? I don't get, I don't have the mindset. I don't have the mindset just like everything. I think everyone's just taking it too seriously. It's like it's supposed to be fun. Like green people don't exist. Of course we're gonna fuck about with it. Like yeah. but it's not realistic. That's because green people are not real. It's, I thought it was a really funny subplot with a bloke being set up his own ass that he thought he was with the real Megan the Stallion. Um, I thought that yeah, was great. Right. And obviously, why are people complaining about She-Hulk? Wong's in it. Everyone loves Wong. They even say it in the show. We all love Wong. Literally. I love <laughs> Wong and Madison. They're like the best of friends, and it's great. Yeah, watching Desperate Housewives. It's great. Is it Desperate Housewives? <laughs> and Sopranos. It's, no, it's Sopranos. Yeah, yeah, surprise. I think the direction of Marvel recently has been really good. I'm actually a fan. I, I could be honest. The only, the only Disney Plus actually I didn't get on with was Loki, which I know is not a lot of people's kind of. I thought I know I, people loved that. It took a while, I think, for me to get into it. Um, there was a lot happening, but also not a lot happening at the same time. But then I can't really remember what happens, to be honest. Um, one I just, that I, liked was Hawkeye. I really got into that one. Yeah, yes, I, I'm, I'm recalling you know, um, me and you are on the same wavelength here. I'm, I'm like Miss Marvel. I really enjoyed Miss Marvel as well. I thought that was great, and that I believe that was one of their best sort of Disney Plus shows, right, in terms of viewership. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, the thing is, right, if what, people are talking about this, we'll go quick over this as well. Subscription view, views are, are normally down on like regular television. And people go, see, Doctor Who is bigger than Marvel. It's like, no, shush. It's, it's not. But um, yeah, I, I think Miss Marvel did really well. I think Hawkeye did well. I think WandaVision might still be at the top, though, I think. That was the first one, though, wasn't it? So Yeah, so I mean, maybe that's a bit of an outlier, but I think WandaVision might have been top. Um. I think as well as when everyone got their three months free trial, wasn't it? When you first started, if you signed up at the right time, you had three months free, um, especially here in the UK, because it was like not, you know, it was at that time just coming out of lockdown or back into lockdown, so they gave a deal or something. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think the Disney Plus show has been great, to be honest. I said, then I'm really, Falcon and Soldier, I thought was okay. The, the worst they've been is okay, or I've just not gelled with it. Like Loki, I don't care about the variants of Loki roaming around different types. It's not for me. I want to see some silly stuff. So when Miss Marvel comes along and it's high school kijinks and stuff, it's really cool. And I think, you know, even though I've criticised Eternals first, which is, I'm going to be a bit of a hypocrite, is that like I, I love the cast of Miss Marvel. Like you could tell that all fans of the MCU, especially a man who was a man, and you could just tell off the on the screen that she's loving doing it and that obviously just makes you as a viewer love it more because you're just like why not this is great fun um hawkeye yeah that's my favorite because i just love hawkeye and you know i thought Haley steinfeld was a great choice for kate bishop so uh, i thought that was really cool. i started to see her again in the next project that she's going to be involved in which we which we haven't got announced yet and that obviously we got we got we got thunderbolts announced which is fine yes yeah, so that line at thunderbolts is interesting as well I don't think it's the full lineup. I reckon that we might get Emil Blonsky in it, but I feel yeah. like they can't they can't announce it yet because of what's going on in She-Hulk. Um, 
that I feel like Emil Blonsky might be in it potentially but yeah I don't know I think it's fine I think but the issue is it depends if you like Black Widow and Falcon and the Winter Soldier if you don't like either of those shows you're a bit I thought it would be a bit more separated you know so a bit of everything so if you didn't like that oh look the good thing is it's got characters that everyone will like in in terms of Bucky and at least I think everyone loves Yelena anyway I think I think Bucky's a good choice to have in there just kind of give some stability to the to the yeah I got a bit shafted in uh, Falcon Winter Soldier I feel like he didn't really have enough to do he just sort of got pushed aside a little bit yeah I think um but I, I yeah I think the issue with him is is that you can't make him the right hand man to Sam Wilson now as well that would feel wrong because at that point he's not moved on and the Captain America's moved on. He's just stayed in the same position. I feel like you need to take him to a different corner of the universe now. I didn't think we needed to ever see Taskmaster again. I think that's anyone that a bit like, oh, all right then. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right then. Um, but Ghost, I'm, Ghost I'm happy with. Um, that's a cool one. But I thought we shouldn't have any powers anymore, which is, so I don't know what her purpose is in the story. Um, I think she still has her powers. I think she's just a bit more stable with them. Oh, is that it? Okay. I... But we might get more into that possibly in the next Ant-Man film. That might be a bridge to it. Um, yeah. Not got any promo for that yet. But, um, but yeah, one thing I did like about She-Hulk as well is we finally got a mention of the big celestial sticking out of the ocean that happens at the Eternals that no one has seemed to reference at all. Yeah, to, let's 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 root back to Eternals now. What do you make of the final battle? Because I think it, it's it, it it's big in scope, but sort of doesn't like. I think Chloe Zhao is a wonderful director. I think she's a beautiful director. Like I yeah. said, the film's colourful. I think where she falters is the action. I think it just looks a bit. There was a lot of build up, a lot of build up, and the action was great. I just think the resolution was probably too quick and too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed Doctor too much. Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you do this, you do this, bam, done. That's it. But, oh, no, there's an obstacle in the way in the shape of a small girl. Hmm. Um, oh, and then they... now how can we not defeat the small girl? And it's like, I get that she's also an eternal, but she's also built like a small girl. So that's kind of where you write yourself into a corner going, well, yeah, we know she's super powerful, but surely three other super powerful beings can defeat her. Literally, it's, yeah. <laughs> It's um, one. Yeah, and obviously we get the whole thing of Icarus kind of fulfilling the prophecy, if you like. He flies too. I don't think he's dead. I t- no, just don't. no way. They're not, not going to kill off Richard Man. Went, went the other yeah. way. He, he he scooted off. I guarantee we'll see him in like a, I don't know, a Guardians or something. Project. It'll be the next project that involves the Eternals, hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Patton Oswalt did reveal that they are planning to do Eternals too, uh, in an interview, which he probably shouldn't have done. And Kevin Feige probably wants to, you know, get the red dot on him right now. Um, but yeah, I just I think when it comes to Eternals, obviously it's been a bit more of a loose review because it did come out ages ago, and it, you know, there's no point going into a deep discussion. I just think in in if I was going to be honest, in the grand scheme of the films. It just feels like the biggest misstep because it just feels like normally we can we complain about Marvel films for doing not enough within the runtime they feel stretched. This one I feel like even though the long time is too long for a film like this, they're trying to do too much too quickly and nothing kind of feels fulfilled. Yeah, I definitely. Well, I think it suffers from both. I think it's probably too long for what is put in there, but also suffers from not being long enough to get enough detail in there. 
but I think that's due to the amount of characters that we've got that we have to develop and a story on top of it. So it's a brand new story, brand new characters, brand new setup for whatever's coming. It's definitely, I feel like they needed all of this stuff to set up, but they've just not delivered it as well as they could have. But it's still an enjoyable film. Learning about all these new characters is quite fun. Um, but I feel like we're going to benefit more for this film when we've seen what the build-up is to. It's going to be one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we might appreciate it more than... I think the issue is, like I said, we, they got Disney+. Plus. I think they should have used it this time. I think... Because even if you did, like, an anthology series where it was introducing each Eternal one-by-one sort of thing and you talked about their legacy in between the bits, just so we understood them a bit more, would have... Ten-episode series... Was it? Is it ten Eternals, eight Eternals? I don't know it is. An episode each. Yeah. An episode each to each Eternal. Just introduce them all... That would have been so, because then when we see them will come together in this. It, also, I think the, the films look disjointed because you go from Monday past and it's not, it's all quite random. It never kind of feels smooth, the transitions between the past and the modern day. And sometimes you don't even know they've done it. Sometimes the scene's been going on for two minutes and then the time code comes up and you're like, oh, okay then. Um, but yeah, I think the interesting thing is what happens with this. Yeah, the interesting thing to be what happens with the Celestials, where we see the characters next. Um, this film will always have my one of my favourite cinema moments of all time because I went to see this film maybe the first weekend it came out, about three o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, and then oh, I, there was there was uh, a, a young girl uh, behind me uh, and she screamed, "Oh my God, it's Harry Styles!" When Harry Styles came out, and it was the funniest thing. Everyone chuckled at that. Um, yeah, Harry Styles in the MCU, cool. I'm a bit worried about his acting because I've seen the scene from that new film and he didn't look great, but it was all right no. Dunkirk. I think in that end credit scene when we see him, the, the small amount of lines that he has, I think he delivers it quite well. Um, yeah. But obviously it's not enough to judge on his character. So we know that he's is it Thanos' brother, Star Fox. Yes, yes. We're so talking... I think he might pop up potentially in the next Guardians film. I I think all four of them could. I don't think you're going to just see him. I think you're going to see him and the rest of those Eternals. Yeah, that would be a good step. I think that would definitely do them favours because I think reacting with the Guardians would be quite good because they're not really... They know about the Earth. That's where they started, but they don't really know anything beyond that. So I feel like that would give them a sense of ground and understanding of what's further ahead. Um, no, I don't. I don't disagree. I think as well that might help those characters to have them interact with more established characters. I think it's kind of a good way of drip feeding the new characters in. Because I think the issue is as well. We obviously we've taken a break from the characters we know for a little bit, which I think hasn't helped these new lot no. because we obviously we had Black Widow, which was just a vehicle to introduce Yelena and Red Guardian. We had. The Shang-Chi, which was brilliant. I think everyone, I think that's quite unanimous. Everyone quite quite enjoyed that one. Really um, good. And that had Wong in it, which did kind of help and kind of did make it feel kind of more succinct within the MCU and Trevor Slattery. Yeah. Whereas this one just kind of feels out the way. And, and, and the issue is with, with characters like this, I mean, they do the right thing, I suppose. But like Dane Whitman's side of, why didn't you help fight Thanos? And they're like, we're instructed to not do anything. But it's like, Based on this film, Druig didn't listen to that because Druig's been doing a bunch of stuff yeah. he had been doing anyway. It just 
it fit like I think it's the Captain Marvel syndrome, but they did the Captain Marvel excuse correctly with her going, No, I defend the universe, so I'm away, so I can't just be care about what that was like a fair enough excuse. You go, Okay, yeah. that's reasonable. Was this one they kind of go, We're not allowed to, I guess. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, well. and these characters are made afterwards, so it's like yeah, I, I, yeah, it, 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 you have to get around it, but it's just one of those things where I'd rather they just didn't address it. I'd rather they just, did, they just didn't address it. Because this year as well, with Arishim's thing of, oh, I need the planet populated, surely Arishim would be like, no, we have to stop this man who wants to depopulate planets because it <laughs> ruins, my go- ruins my goal. Literally, like, it was taking half the life of the planet and it's taken however many years, millions of years to obviously birth that many humans. It's, you know, it's fact to span up. Yeah, it just, I, I, I just think this film, I wonder if I can give it as visuals. I think it's well acted. I just think it's a bit, I hate to say it's a bit boring. Like I just, I don't, I think there are fun elements to it, but I just, I don't, I always, this is how I always review films. I don't really give a number score. I always go, Especially if it's in a saga, I go, would I pick this if I'm on Disney Plus? Not particularly. With all the Marvel library there, this would not be one of the first ones I go to. It wouldn't be the last. I think there are there are worse films out there, but it certainly wouldn't be the one the one I'd pick, if that makes sense. It, that's kind of how I view the Marvel universe, especially now. Whereas like Thor Love and Thunder, I think, is fun enough that I on a Sunday afternoon, or if I've got mates around, I might say, Do you want to watch this one? Because it's fun and it's bright and I feel like it's probably more for if you're doing some more serious watching. So if you're doing like a little run through um, or when the next sort of film that they're in, you need it for sort of like information similar to say like, um, I don't know what other films are put in that category. Maybe Thor Ragnarok. It's a great film, but I feel like it's not really great as a standalone film. It's very much build up to Infinity War. Yeah, um, in game. Yeah, and there's a lot that happens in a lot of information. Um, yeah, yeah. But... No, I agree with you on that. I agree with you, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, and I think overall, it's it's an it's it's an interesting it's an it's interesting just not a sort of place. Thing. It's going to be one that when the turtles two comes out in a few years, if we still do the podcast, we do that podcast, we could say, "Hey, look, McCauley, you were right. The turtles two came out." entirely recontextualizes what we know it was a great step to this one or we watch a turtles too we go well that wasn't that a waste of time um yeah i'm i'm hoping that it's going to be the 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 first instance where you know we know these characters now we know what they're like we know their backstory we go into this we're like we don't need to be introduced these characters anymore we just might need to develop their characters a little bit more um and don't need to waste too much time on that and then we get and because there there's less of them i'm assuming we're probably going to have three three of them that are on the ship. Is it three? Or is it four? Uh, three. Because there's... Kari, Druig, Because there's only Kingo? six left. But King... No, because King goes on Earth with um, oh, yeah. Cersei. I, I, is that nine? Because I can't think of who the tenth one is because the, two of them get killed off. You know, Icarus, Icarus goes to seven. Still Gilgamesh and Ajax. And then you're left with Thena, Kari, Druig, Sprite, 
but Sprite and Icarus leave, so that puts it down to six. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, there's okay, yeah, you're right, because then it's Icarus yeah. and Sprite leave, so that puts it down to six. I think they're splitting three. I think yeah. Cersei, um, Fastos, and Kingo on Earth, and the other three are in the ship. Harry. So and then Harry Styles pops up. Uh, he's like, "Hello, I'm Harry Styles." <laughs> um, which, by, by the way, I, I I don't mind the scene, but it's so blatant that they just put that in there to go, "Oh, look, Harry Styles going to the next one, guys. You love Harry, St-. but they got a, you know, I mean, Harry Styles is brilliant you know, in terms of an ambassador. I think he's going to be really cool with having the MCU yeah. and stuff. Um, I just don't. I just hope that his acting isn't too bad in this next film. <laughs> but I've seen the clip. And it, I mean, this was he's again. He's with Florence Pugh. He's a tremendous act, actor. So when you're against someone like that and you're someone who's just getting into it a little bit and put in such high regard in a sense, like in Dunkirk, I don't know if you've seen that film, he has a, a small role. He's, he's in it a lot, but he's not the main figurehead. He's kind of a, a, a part of a bigger puzzle. Whereas in this, it seems that he's doing leading man stuff, which I don't know if he's quite ready for yet. He could prove me wrong. That film could come out and... I wouldn't say leading man. I'd say he'd probably be more on the... Uh... If it was like a Guardian setup, he'd be more Drax, that sort of role. He's going to be yeah. like a main character, but not a forefront. It's going to be someone they sort of speak to, um, sort of just there, maybe like Hawkeye, um, and then potentially put him as a forefront later, depending how the reception is. Yeah, no, I, d- I don't disagree. I think that would be cool. Um, I, I think we'll see. I think we'll see these guys pop up again before Secret Wars. Here's the thing with the Eternals. I just don't see how they're going to mix with the like Avengers lot. You know, like when you get a new... Like, so, all... so separate. That's the thing. It's like Shang-Chi. I can't really imagine him with the other guys because I think that's because it's such a self-contained film. Like... I, th- I, I, I think I can see him mixing quite well because he's on his own. I think because there's six... Maybe that's the, because I suppose like we was saying with the Guardians, though, I suppose you can make that argument, really. Yeah, to be fair, when you see the Guardians in Infinity War, they, they it seems wrong seeing Star Lord and Iron Man having a conversation. It feels wrong, uh, and the matter. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, I think Rocket's really good in Endgame. I think that's the one. Oh, yeah, I would say. Right, but it feels weird because they're so distant in terms of where they are. Like it seems yeah, like they're absolutely. in a different franchise. I I always view Guardians outside the mcu in the terms of the run-up because all of the other ones are set all on earth so when you go to guardians it's so different that it feels like a different franchise altogether which is why i think yeah. it's odd to me in infinity war which is i mean i love i love guardians probably one of my favorites of mcu films so um yeah i think the channels be the same in the sense that they're so distant from the other people in like the Avenger films that it's going to be weird seeing them gel. But I think because they're in space, I think it makes sense to sort of gel them with the Guardians. I think they'd definitely get on more. Yeah, I don't, yeah, again, I don't disagree with you. I think that would be interesting. I'm, my question to you is, and we'll start to wrap up in a second, but which, how, which members of the Guardians are going to make it through Guardians 3? I don't think all of them are dying. I think you might get a couple, but which ones are making it? I think Groot will make it because he... Yeah. Generate his money and money, yeah. Um, baby group again for people to buy more stuff. Um, Drax won't because I'm pretty sure Dave Batista has said that he's done, yeah. Um, I think we'll see Nebula again, yes. I think, I think the ones for me that will make it, I think, 
I think we're going to lose Rocket. I think we're going to lose Drax. Yeah. And I think the rest will make it. I think Chris Pratt will keep doing it because I don't see why he wouldn't. I think I think the door is open for him now to become one of the leading men of the MCU. I just think the door has opened for him to do that now and one of the yeah. leaders. I think realistically the leaders now is probably when you've got to, you've got to give it to somebody. I mean, I think Sam Wilson's taken up the mantle, but I even then you've got Captain Marvel's there now, Tom Holland. He's still Spider-Man, by the way. Even if he yeah. says he might not be, he definitely is. Uh, he, you know, so th- there's a bunch of people now taking the reins. I think Peter, Peter will be one of them. Um, I think there's a lot of leaders need to fill the that gap. So he's a leader, but I think it's set. It's reset for him. I think again because everyone doesn't know who he is, so it's sort of restarted. He's gone back to that low-level neighborhood Spider-Man thing. So I think we need another trilogy with him to bring him back up to where we saw him in Endgame. Do you, not, um, do you not think do you not think this can get reset sooner rather than later? Do you think they're going to do films without Zendaya in it? Because I just don't see that happening. That's the thing. I I'm, just see that get. Not as I see reset, that... but like he's back to square one. He's had a soft reboot essentially. Like they've reformatted his phone. It's gone back to how it is. He hasn't got any like any. Yeah. He hasn't got anyone around him. They've all forgotten do, him. So... How long do you give it for the, for them to reset the spell? Because I just don't see them doing a film without Zendaya and Jacob. I just don't see it. I, I mean, they probably will, but they'd have to do it. They'd have to build it up again in another film, so they'd have to reintroduce the characters and they have to re they have to redevelop those characters in their roles. Um, I still have the feeling that Ned's going to go into that hobgoblin thing. Um, I don't think they finish. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, the one thing I don't want them to do is take Peter Parker out of the MCU entirely. Um, and no. put them into the Venom verse because I suppose I don't know how long the Venom verse will be around anymore because everyone really don't didn't like Morbius and I think they're going to try and do these solo films and I don't have any faith in Sony and I think there's got to be a point where they just go. Yeah, I think the only redeeming factor they're going to have is they've hinted for Venom three that there's going to be a Spider Man in it from that end credit scene. The fact that he wants to go to um, New York and find this Peter Parker, um, I'm assuming it's going to be Andrew Garfield. Um, and if do they do, on that route, we're going to see uh, Andrew Garfield in Venom Three. Was it? Wasn't think... that? Wasn't that the, in the Venom Two postcards? Didn't they travel to the MCU? Wasn't that Peter? Wasn't that Tom Holland that they were looking at? It was, but then if you watch the end credit scenes of No Way Home, you go back to the bar where Venom is drunk or Venom and yeah. Eddie are both drunk at the bar towards his barman and he's like oh so there's this guy in New York um uh, that's Spider-Man is, essentially is he still um, not in the MCU at that point though I thought then does he get taken out but a bit of Venom's left uh, behind which I thought meant that Tom Hot the Venom's going to come to the end like a version of well, Venom there's, there's two there's two potentials there so one Venom and slash Eddie says, oh, let's go and find this guy in New York. And then they disappear back because the spell's done. And then the other sense is that a bit of Venom symbiote is left. So there's two opportunities there. There's back in Venom's universe to go and see Spider-Man in New York, which could very much well be Andrew, because obviously he's already met. There was, yeah, there was no Venom, so they can get away with it. Yeah, and then... Um, venom in this universe can happen because they've left that bit of symbiote behind. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, I think we already know realistically that there's going to be more Andrew Garfield and more Tobey Maguire at this point. 
We hope so. The demand is there. They just need to play it right, I think. Um, I think I think Secret Wars and Kang, you could get that. Because that's multiversal. I, I think, I, I just think we're going to see those guys again. I, I, I just have a feeling. And I think, like they both said, we had such a good time. They made a lot of money. Um, if they get asked to do it again, I don't think they're going to say no, um, personally. And I just, I don't, for example, I think with that Kang Dynasty film, or sorry, Secret Wars film, you're going to see a lot of cameos. It wouldn't me to see Hugh Jackman pop. Like, again, I could be chatting absolute rubbish, but that comic storyline is just multiversal variants of everybody. So who knows what you might get. You might get Chris Evans as Human Torch. To be fair, I thought that'd be funnier than seeing him come back as Captain America. I think Chris, they, a Human they, Torch. They could make a joke about it. Yeah, they exactly. Like <laughs> yeah, that'd be brilliant. But yeah, uh, McCoy, thank you so much for this Marvel chat. It's been more of a Marvel chat than it's been a total view. We did a little bit in there. Is there yeah. any like, socials you want to shout out or any kind of anything you want to give a voice to? No, I think that's all all done and said. All, sort, all sorted. Yeah. Well, you can uh, follow the podcast uh, at the Thomas Pod on Twitter. Normally, we do ask for your guys' reviews of stuff, but because this one was more of a looser one, it wouldn't have really made sense. And your reviews probably would have been more structured than ours on this one you follow me on twitter at alex king underscore don please do like comment and subscribe if you're on youtube and follow if you're on audio platforms and um i'll see we'll see you guys all soon mccall will be back for a spider-man review at some point because we've got to do the third one of those but obviously this comes chronologically first so i thought i'd get this one out of the way what have you got Spider-Man. um well, we've got some james bond we got doctor who but we got we got we got to so got everything popping up mate it's been a while Everything's going on. Uh, it'll be, it'll be, I'll say it'll be before Christmas for definite. Okay. In terms of the Spider-Man review, you need to watch the fun edition. So we'll review that. Oh, more fun stuffs. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll watch the more fun stuffs. Um, but yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, McCauley. And uh, we'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks for having me again.